Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, Today's topic we're going to be talking about is a discussion on home-based alternatives to nursing home care for veterans. Our panelist is an esteemed attorney, Rory, uh, Rory Clark. He is an attorney with over 30 years of experience in seniors, veterans, and disability law. His, he has family caregiver and founder of the Legacy Elder Law Center, L-E-L-C. We are so pleased to have you as our partner. And, uh, Rory, why don't you lead us through this whole maze of what does it mean for home-based alternatives to nursing home care for veterans? Great. Thanks. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be back. Yes. So I always try uh, when I join the American Heroes Group to, uh, you know, give some insights into some of the things that I hear from people where there may be some misconceptions or confusions. And, you know, one of the things I hear very often from uh, it tends to be guys, you know, stoic vets, uh, when they think about what they may, you know, need to deal with when they get older, if they have a need. Uh, you know, a lot of them will say, well, you know, I'm just, I'll, I'll go to the veterans, you know, nursing home. I, you know, I'm taking care of. And I want to tell, I want to share a story today about uh, a, a man we helped, a fellow named Tom, who was a Korean War vet, uh, a distinguished man, uh, served also as a uh, uh, Marine uh, security guard at the embassy, you know, in Paris. Five years after that, he served the federal government, was married, never had any children, and uh, didn't really think a lot. Uh, about what he was going to do, you know, as he aged. And as it turned out, his wife died first, and his only relative was uh, a niece uh, who we know, and and that's the connection uh, to us. And he started to have, you know, needs, and uh, he went to an assisted living facility. This was down in Florida, and this is pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to accelerate the story, uh, Tom had a stroke, and when he had shared with his niece, well, you know, just sign me up for the veterans nursing home. Here's where the misconception came in. You know, we've got a lot of vets who have a lot of needs, and there's a waiting list to get into these facilities. And the truth of the matter is that while many of them are quite good, um, those who have service-connected disabilities at 100% are at the front of the line, and 90% is after that, and then 80%, and so on. And the truth of the matter is, it's almost impossible to get a space in a veteran nursing home unless you're 100% service-connected disabled. And Tom uh, wasn't service-connected disabled at all. In fact, his problem was he had a stroke. And I wanted to tell you about a couple of programs that uh, his niece... Uh, our connection, who uh, who works with us, uh, what we did to help him to actually get a better placement. He was actually able to stay in in his own home, and the VA 
research, and of course I think people's regular expectations is if you can live in your own space or be in your own home, you're likely to have a better experience. And the truth of the matter is people have longer lives. So this fellow, after he had the stroke, living in assisted living, was facing you know, more than $10,000 a month at a private nursing home facility because he wasn't eligible to get into the VA facility. And it seemed like quite a crisis because he wasn't going to be able to afford that. So here are the three things that uh, were put in place by Tom's niece uh, that helped him that are really available. And I'm going to give you some direct information to a facility in the Chicago area for many of your listeners there uh, who, who, who may be able to, to benefit from this. So the, the first program that was helpful for him was something called uh, uh, in-home uh, primary care. Because he had difficulty mobilizing, you know, he couldn't drive himself anymore. Okay. Um, veterans are entitled to have a team of caregivers from therapists to uh, primary doctors to nurses to neurologists and so on who can actually come to them. Uh, And this is eligible to uh, any vet who uh, is not able to make it in, you know, to the clinic. And once Tom was getting that care. In fact, he was getting that extra care when he was at the assisted living facility. The VA sent people in about once a week to check on him, make sure he was doing well. But when he had the stroke, it was pretty clear to the niece, who, by the way, lived hundreds of miles away. You know, she wasn't able to take care of him. Um, She was able to get him into a home environment through something called the VA Medical Foster Home program. And this is a little known program, but because he was getting this uh, home primary care, he was able to go to a private individual, uh, a caregiver. Uh, In the Chicago area, there's no more than two residents, no more than two vets, 24-hour safe environment. He had his own room furnished meals provided for him, support, recreation, everything for a complete life. Uh, And here's the third part, and we've talked about this before, this program called VA Aid and Attendance, which provides money for vets to use for whichever kind of long-term care environment they want. You could use it at your own home, you could use it as assisted living, or you could use it in a nursing home. Well, Tom was able to use the aid and attendance money to pay the bill at his private residence, which was a fraction of the cost of a nursing home. But think of the dignity and independence increase he had by having his own space. In fact, one of the things that was important, because he was wheelchair-bound, they found a, uh, his niece found a wonderful place for him to go, but it had stairs, and the bathroom wasn't really well equipped. Well, through this program, the VA sent out contractors, put a ramp at the house so that he could get in and out, and did improvements in the bathroom to make sure he could be safe. And the 
point here, I guess, to say is that um, it's knowing that these programs exist and asking about them because there are so many programs available from the VA. It's very hard to uh, call and say, hey, what you know, can you do for me? But understanding that there are programs that are geared to these particular kinds of needs and asking for it um, can make all the difference in the in the world. Um, right there in Chicagoland, that there's a center called the Edward Hines VA Hospital. They coordinate the benefits in the greater Chicago area. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of disease around the country. Uh, and it doesn't mean you've got to go to a VA facility. It doesn't mean you even have to see, you know, a VA doctor in his office. You can have the care come to you and uh, have a much higher uh, level of dignity. Pretty, pretty neat arrangement. And, boy, did it make a difference for Tom. That sounds like a really a, a wonderful success story. Because uh, it sounds like he did a lot of service for this country, you know, as a Marine and, um, you know, being, a, you know, working in Paris and, and, you know, around the world probably for our co- country. And to come back home and not to have a place to live or someone to take care of you, this seems kind of undignified. You know, I, you know, when I joined the military back in 1984, so I, I was in for about 26 years. But I, you know, I joined because uh, of the kind of care I saw people getting. Um, I was at a VA hospital uh, back in 84. It's changed quite a bit since I was back then. But it's it's great to see people like you out there who are, you know, celebrating these heroes and helping them to find a place um, to live. I'm, I'm really glad that we have attorneys like you out there in this world. And uh, so, you know, with the in-home uh, primary care, the VA medical uh, foster home program and the VA aid and attendance, you know, what are the time limits on, you know, how long can I stay in uh, in that kind of program? Is that until, you know, for life, or how, how does that work? Okay, those are great questions. So there are, uh, there are eligibility requirements for each of those programs, and I think the way to think about this particular problem, and we're talking about somebody who really doesn't want to go to a nursing home. Now, my dad was a Marine in World War II, mm. and whenever we had to have a conversation about a nursing home, he would call it God's waiting room. He did not want to go to God's waiting room, and we were looking for any way we could keep him in his own space, in his own environment, right? Mm -hmm. So the key for this, for somebody who has a heavy need, who's served, all right, you know, anybody who served is entitled to those, uh, to that uh, VA health care. So the first criterion is if you're unable to go to the VA hospital, to the VA clinic to get your care, just because you have an inability for access or mobility. I mean, you don't have to be bed-bound. You just can't be able to get yourself to the VA uh, uh, facility. Then this they, they call it the, the primary care program, and, and they, they call it a team. Every single person who gets this benefit has a, the VA comes out to do an assessment and find out because, you know, your situation is going to be different than mine and different than Tom's and different than someone else's, right? For example, physical accommodations or living accommodations. And the fact that Tom started out in an assisted living facility wasn't a problem at all. 
you know, he was getting care from the facility, but the VA team came in to support, you know, all of that. And so really the requirement is if, if you're eligible for, you know, for VA health care, which is a very low threshold, but you can't get to the VA facility, you have the right to uh, request for them to come out. Now, if you're in rural Montana, this may not be available to you, but certainly in larger centers like Chicago, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and so on, where most of the population in the country is is, is centered, uh, you have a right to ask for that. So that's the first threshold. And once one is getting this primary care at home, then this foster care option is simply one of the options that you're entitled to. Now, what I want to make sure you understand is that it is a private arrangement. You negotiate with the caregiver uh, and, uh, and establish a price, as I say, far less than nursing home care. But that doesn't mean that you're left alone because of this other program, which we've talked about a couple of times before, VA aid and attendance. It can provide thousands of dollars a month of tax-free money for the vet to use to pay for that care. And um, so once you've determined that you would rather stay in a home environment rather than a nursing home, uh, you contact your local VA center. And as I said, before we get off, I'll give you guys the number for the Chicago area. Tell them you're interested in this program, and they'll put you in touch with uh, individuals who are approved by the VA. The VA has inspected these folks, and I'm not talking about hundreds of beds. Uh, in the Chicago area, for example, there's never more than two residents in the home of this private caregiver who lives there, too, and it's 24-hour you know, support. The VA comes in, makes sure it's a good environment for you. In Tom's case, they built ramps did uh, improvements in the bathroom to make sure he was able to get around, you know, well. Uh, they continued to come and give his primary care to him there. And then uh, the third step for him was he was able to file for and, and receive this thing called aid and attendance. And I don't want to spend too much time on that because we've talked about it before, but there are specific requirements there. Uh, because Tom served more than 90 days on active duty, and he had one day during the Korean War conflict, um, he was now eligible for this financial assistance. As they say, he could have used it to stay at his own house if he'd been able. He could use it to pay for a nursing home, but those costs are so high. For him, it turned out to be just a perfect uh, match between his own Social Security income and this aid and attendance, he was able to basically create a new home. He became very close to the caregiver. Um, she would take him home, you know, to family for holiday dinners and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and the alternative would him be left alone hours away from the closest family member, um, you know, without that kind of uh, without that kind of support. Okay, you know, we have about three minutes before we have to close out this show, but I wanted you to briefly, um, you know, before you give us the numbers and that kind of thing in a couple of minutes, but take a minute to talk about uh, does this, uh, you know, can a family member 
uh, start the process, like if someone has dementia or they're, you know, incapable of uh, actually interacting with the VA system? And does this, any of this apply to people who are homeless veterans? Uh, we had an earlier segment where we were talking about uh, the plight of our uh, homeless veterans and if there's anything available for them. Yes, abso- absolutely. So uh, it it can be initiated by the vet uh, himself or herself. Uh, in this case, the niece uh, had gotten herself uh, in a position to manage things for the vet because he wasn't able to do it himself. So that's always that's another question, yeah. but it certainly isn't. You know, when somebody is, as I say, just bedridden and a family member has to come in and, 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 and save it. it, it can be somebody who's managing this on their own. You could plan for it in advance and, and look to have it. You know, the critical change for Tom was his wife passed away, and she was able to help him a lot. But when she passed, his needs were higher. So in this particular case, niece, who was hours and hours away, felt that he wasn't really getting good care at the assisted living facility, she reached out to the VA and said, what can I do to help make sure he's getting the best care? That's when they assigned the team. So she had a contact there. And then when he had the stroke, she did not want him going to a nursing home after that. She called that contact. She'd already been established as his representative. And boom, they just lined this stuff up. He actually moved out of the assisted living facility and into this uh, and into this woman's home. So Excellent. remember, the key, the first step is you're not competent or capable of getting to the VA facility. Mm-hmm. So if you're homeless because of a cognitive decline uh, or a dementia issue or whatever, this pathway could not only give you direct and free access to an entire team of healthcare providers, it could also put you in a home, get you off of the street, um, so that you've got a roof over your head. Okay, can you give us that telephone number really quickly and a website that we can go to? Just uh, mention that we're you know running out of time, but uh, this has sure. been really uh, incredible, uh, Rory. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, my pleasure. I always, I always aim to please. All right. So there are, as I say, dozens of centers around the country, but I wanted to let you know about the Heinz, H-I-N-E-S, facilities just west of Chicago. And there's a contact number there, of area code 708-202-7878. Okay. And Fantastic. That should put them in touch. 708-202-7878. Thank you so much, Rory. Uh, you know, thank you, partner, Legacy Elder Law Center. You have been doing uh, wonderful work out there. I thank you for your service to our veterans and our country. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.